All right, folks, welcome back. We are here with another episode of The Unbeatables. Ryan O'Leary, Sam Finley. What's um, up? We're going to be getting into We got a lot to talk about this week. We had uh, wrestling yeah. sectionals go down. We'll get into that a little bit later. We got swim sectionals for the girls coming up this coming weekend. But we're starting off with the uh, big item on the uh, ticket this week, which is girls basketball sectionals. Obviously, the uh, most of the attention around here will be focused on Class 4A, which is where most of our bigger schools will be participating. And uh, joining us is one of the participants in that sectional this week, uh, Franklin's Corinne Brunson, senior and the reigning Daily Journal Player of the Year. Uh, Corinne, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing all right. Appreciate yeah. you coming through. So, obviously, looking at rankings, ratings, things like that, you guys kind of come into this thing, defending champions, and at least on paper, a pretty significant favorite. But we also have seen you guys play Center Grove twice already this season, and both of those games were a little bit closer than maybe people were expecting. Does that, I guess, how does the, how do those two games maybe set your mindset going in in terms of maybe keeping you on your toes or, you know, maybe kind of not taking a sectional for granted here? Um, you know, we're definitely not taking a sectional for granted. Like you said, both times it's been a close game. Um, you know, we're definitely not overlooking Shelbyville either. We're kind of just taking it game by game. But I think it's, you know, it's motivating for us. You know, like you said, we – won it last year and we kind of just want to do a two P and, you know, win it back to back. So. Yeah. How has this uh, season been? Obviously you got last year was maybe more of a surprise in a sense. It was kind of like, Oh, these guys kind of came out of nowhere and it was like the nice surprise this year. You guys have had a target on your backs the whole time. And you had some goals that you didn't achieve last year that I know you said like, you know, winning County, you didn't get a chance to do that last year. Winning the Mid-State, you guys didn't do that last year. You were able to do both of those. Did getting those titles this time around, maybe not that you guys weren't confident anyway, but just kind of getting those steps along the way, did that kind of whet your appetite a little bit for this week? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, once you once you get the taste of winning, you know, you want it all. So it's definitely kind of just, you know, fed us. But, you know, we're still hungry and we still want it. So just have to go mm-hmm. out there and play hard. How much different has it been from a mental standpoint having that target, though, just the expectations? I know it seems like you guys have maybe kind of embraced that. Obviously, you want a state title. You want to get those things. But did you have you felt a different pressure this year than maybe you did last year when it was kind of, you know, the the happy underdog story? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, now you kind of – teams are now, like, you know, playing their best game against you, like, teams that maybe didn't hit a shot in this game or that game on film, they're going to hit those against you guys. And so, I mean, I mean, against us. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a lot more pressure. Um, we have to, you know, always play hard and be on top of our game because at any moment, um, you know, things could go against us and we just have to be ready for that. Yeah. About, the, you know, the only loss you guys had was in that Hall of Fame Classic last month against Westfield overtime game. And, I mean – it was kind of, I mean, I think you guys scored 12 points after halftime. So it was just obviously offensively, half court wise, things weren't clicking that day. And you still almost got out of there with a win somehow. But I guess, how, what did that loss do for you guys in terms of did it maybe serve as a wake up call? Or, you know, I guess once you were proven, hashtag beatable, sorry, Sam. Um, <laughs> 
what did that hey i was all for it my twitter needed that (laughs) selfish anyway (laughs) i guess what did that loss do for you guys in terms of maybe did you guys feel like maybe you needed a reset and just kind of to refocus at that point or what what was the what did that do for you in terms of kind of setting you up for the january and february um it was it definitely like woke us up like okay you know like now we don't have you know I guess you could say a perfect season we have that one loss but I mean it also taught us a lot about ourselves like you said we only scored 12 points after halftime but I mean just defensively I think we proved to be a pretty solid defensive team Mm -hmm. and you know it kind of let us trust that half court defense more like okay we don't need to score 30 points a quarter to win um even though we lost by two I think it kind of just showed us like even if offensively things aren't falling, we can rely on our defense as well. For sure. Do and you want to – go ahead, Sam. Oh, sorry. So, you, Ryan kind of mentioned a little bit early, earlier, you've seen Center Grove two times. And just to kind of reframe the fact that sectionals, is there anything you've really learned about the Center Grove after two times? Like maybe at the beginning of the season, there was a lot of questions already surrounding that team or at least in my head there were, is there anything you guys have kind of like learned about Center Grove that you think could help you a lot in that third matchup potentially? I mean, you know, for me, it was definitely, you know, I don't think they have any seniors. I don't know. But yeah. So like for me, it was like, okay, like, you know, even though they don't have like the, like, you know, some older players, like people have been here for four years, they're still competitive and like you know they're going to give you their all and like so like that's what I took away from it like even though they're not as I guess you could say experienced they still are like winning players and they have that winning mentality so I think it just I mean better prepared me for like you know they're going to give us our all every night every time we play them so we have to give our all right back do you think that matchup kind of gives you a tail obviously you know you as you guys found out last year against Brownsburg, I mean, you're going to run into those kind of games later in the tournament where it becomes sort of a grinded out half court, like you said, where you guys aren't going to be able to get up for 70 points or whatever. And you're just going to have to gut out one of those like 42, 40 games or something like that. How does the center Grove maybe give you guys a little bit more, I guess, experience in handling that as far as, you know, okay, our half, we're going to have to win this in the half court. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, they're they a good test um, every time we play them. Like, you know, just in the half-court game, like, can we execute? Can we do the little things, you know, like screens, you know, take care of the ball and things like that. So it definitely is good preparation every time we play them, definitely for a tournament. What do you think is the most important thing that'll in terms of helping get you guys through this week? Um, Just – What's the key to it? <laughs> Definitely just defensive stops. Um, I think, you know, even though, you know, Jennings County Thursday, our last game of the season, regular season, um, even though, you know, we ended up winning by 30, I think defensively we were kind of exposed. We have a lot to work on, you know. I think um, it's like I feel like sometimes even though, like, we, you know, we're scoring, we're like, oh, okay, like we'll just get a basket. You know, it doesn't matter what they do. We'll always score. And against teams like Center Grove and, like, you know, a few other teams, you you can't do that. You have to play defense. So I think um, just focusing on the defensive end. Has sure. it kind of been hard to not take games for granted? Like going into this, I think this season you guys kind of were looked at as one of those top teams in the state. And it's like you've got a maybe a lesser 
have has it been kind of hard to not like just sleep on some of those games or has it has it really been have you guys like been locked in the entire season um I mean I wouldn't say the entire season of course you know sometimes we go into games and we're like okay like let's get this over with and then sometimes you know it's even like six to six and you're like oh shoot like what are we doing but I mean most of the season I would say you know we've been locked in and focused and kind of just you know, Coach Sable does a good job of just making sure we're competitive and, you know, focused on winning by as much as we can every single game. So, The big difference, I think, between this year and last year, obviously, with, uh, you know, Ashland and Adeline coming in brings kind of a different dynamic to you guys on both ends of the floor. But I guess what do you feel like has been the biggest difference with bringing those two in and as far as getting them acclimated and getting everything to keep working? Um, definitely just, I mean, you know, the biggest difference I think they bring to our team besides their scoring is just their defensive pressure, you know, always on the ball. But at the same time, you know, I feel like a lot of times they get in other players' heads easily. And sometimes that takes their best player out of the game. And I think that, you know, that helps us, you know, because, you know, the constant, I mean, whether it's Lauren, Ashlyn, or Adeline, just always on their best point guard or best player. Like, I think sometimes that takes away the other team's advantage and it helps us connect on the other end of the floor so for sure we'll see hopefully it'll uh you know pay off continue to pay off for you guys this week obviously you got i would assume uh if you get to friday there'll be a another war waiting for you with the trojans and but i know as much as you say taking it game by game i'm sure you're in the back of your mind somewhere you're looking at getting to that field house and cutting down a net of course, of course. <laughs> we'll see, uh, we'll see how the journey goes from here, starting on Tuesday night. Yes, sir. Cool. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming through, uh, Corinne Brunson. Like I said, reigning county player of the year and Franklin uh, reigning sectional and regional champions. They're gonna put those titles on the line starting this week at Franklin Central. So we appreciate you coming through and talking about it, and we'll uh, see you up there this week. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Thank, All right, you. thank you. All right. All right, Corinne Brunson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Franklin, like we said, ranked number two in Class 4A. They will start off their sectional action this week against Shelbyville on Tuesday at Franklin Central. That's the early first-round game. The other one, uh, another uh, third meeting between county rivals Greenwood and Whiteland. Uh, Greenwood has won the first two of those games as well, and the Woodmen are actually coming into this thing hot. They've won seven of their last eight games and playing – stifling defense along the way they're only giving up about 30 points a game over this last month or so yeah them and center grove kind of have this very similar style it was very interesting to watch those two teams go at it recently uh just the way that they can fish for steals and you know they really just both kind of play this very slow style that you know center grove got the best of them out of the two times but i think the second time we saw them they greenwood was looked a lot better and I think the, their defense has come a long way since the beginning of the season in the county tournament and mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see how they go up against Franklin Central if we can assume that they beat Whiteland which you can never really assume anything but I mean no but I mean it's fair to say that they're clear that they've won both of those games yeah. by double digits and I think they're favored in that game even though you can't White- beat a team three times that's all I've heard yeah that's that's the rumor but uh <laughs> it does happen yes but, but, yeah, I mean, if we do project ahead, I think, you know, if you look at the Sagarin ratings, I think Greenwood actually just knows the head of Franklin Central this week. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Because last uh, time I looked at him, it was not, that was not the case. Yes. I I just checked again today because I was updating our sectional preview. Shameless plug, Daily Journal's sectional preview will be running (laughs) in Tuesday's paper. So go cop that. But um, in the Sagarin ratings now, yes, um, Greenwood is just ahead of Franklin Central. Um, A little behind Franklin and Center Grove, obviously, there's a little bit of a spread there. But um, Greenwood is now the third team. I think the thing with Franklin Central is, I mean, this is a team that beat Center Grove in the season opener. Yeah. And then their very next game, their Indiana All-Star candidate, Raya Kinser, who is, again, one of the best players in Indiana, Division One recruit. She has suffered a season-ending injury. So, yeah. Franklin Central is not the same team. They are 5-15. and 15. Obviously, their record comes with a grain of salt because they play a brutal schedule up in the HCC. And Yeah. You know, just taking on all comers. That's always been the case that their their record's not indicative of how good they are. But they are definitely down. Most of their top players left are freshmen and sophomores. So I mean, we're dealing with some young teams here. I mean, Center Grove has no yeah. seniors. Greenwood Franklin, only one senior. Greenwood one senior with Quinn Kelly, and Franklin Central. Like I said, their top pl- remaining players are all pretty much underclassmen. So I mean, you're dealing with and, Fra- and Franklin. And Franklin, yeah, two seniors. That's it. Two I mean, seniors. they're. they're and you're leaning they're still they're leaning heavily on that sophomore class yeah. so i mean these are all teams that are going to be around next year and still very tough so yeah. but i mean right now i think it's fair to say with all due respect to the t- other teams in this field that this sectional is going to come down to that likely friday semifinal between franklin and center grove for sure i think i mean give greenwood the respect they deserve but, and they can make the final. I think yeah, you know, I mean, Central is a gettable game for them. I think we could see Greenwood in the final. It's and they did they made the final in volleyball this year as well. It's been a not a bad year for them girls sports wise, but I think the the heavy action is on the other side of the draw, Franklin Center Grove part three. You've seen those first two games. What are your thoughts on going into round three here? I'm very interested to see how Center Grove rallies late. I think they need to be ahead by a sizable margin heading into the fourth. And I think they they cannot pull a what they have done before against Ben Davis, against a lot of these really good teams where they just kind of let up in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw against Lawrence North that they didn't do that. And I thought that was a really, really good sign for them that they just kept on hammering them. Mm-hmm. I don't think Lawrence the third North quarter did. of that game was – Ella Hobson just decided that the entire court would just be her – hers for the taking six of six, 13 points. She just, yeah, I think, I mean, that's definitely a hopeful sign that they played really well in that third and fourth. And I mean, I think we're definitely going to have to see if they are, if this game is going to be competitive, it is going to need to be a center Grove lead. I don't think they can cut into a Franklin lead. Like if Franklin is up 10 or 15 on this team, I don't, I'm not necessarily sure if they Mm -hmm. have the firepower to come back on them. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you have – I think we've seen it a lot with teams like, you know, say Greenwood's boys the last few years or Greenwood's girls or Center Grove's girls this year. They're more defensive-oriented, trying to keep the game in the 30s, 40s. The problem with that style is when you get behind, it's so hard. very difficult to come back because, you know, these teams are – you know, I don't want to say – I mean, I'm not trying to be mean about it, but, like, they don't have, like you said, the offensive firepower to go for 50, 60 points. They can't attempt But the thing that's interesting, 
about this team is like they aren't they don't have Mary Wilson of last year. And I think that can actually be a very good thing for them in the playoffs. I've compared them to Whiteland boys basketball as in like basically one through six or and even some of the girls off the bench, like you could see one of them go off and have a 13 point mm-hmm. game. And I think that is something that they do have a benefit of last year. I think that they're better defensively and I think they're a more spread out offense. So the chances of coming back are higher than last year. But I don't think that they can mount a massive comeback. And I, like you said, the defense, when you play that style, it's so hard to come back up. Mm-hmm. That is so good offensively. It's just, sure. I, and I do think if Franklin gets up six, eight points at some point in the second half, that it's going to be very hard for Center Grove to come out of that hole. But, I mean, we'll see. It's, I mean, it's been really hard for Franklin to get separation from them. You can look at this two ways after the first two games, I think. One, you know, from – if you're a Center Grove fan, you look at it as, well, oh, it's really hard to beat a good team three times. I think we're due that we've been close these three times, these two times that you know Kevin Stuckmeyer is a defensive savant, you know, arguably the best defensive half court coach in the state of Indiana. I think he's proven that over the last five years. But so from Center Grove standpoint, you're thinking, all right, it's our turn. We've been this close. It's time to get over the top. From Franklin's side, you're looking at it as everything rating-wise suggests that we are 15, 20 points better than this team on paper. This is the time we're due to finally get some separation and win this game by 10, 15-plus points instead of letting them hang around. It's going to be funny when it's a three-point game and Scarlett Kimbrell Kimbrel just hits a – it's a three, like two times in a row. She's just done that. It's, yeah, I, it's going to be funny when the exact same result happens, if yeah. it does happen. But, I mean, I think we saw it in the past where it was – I'm trying to go back to last year and remember here. Feel That was like a five-point game, I think. Uh, and at the beginning, like we said, though, they just could not get any separation. Well, there was no third game last year because – Yeah, but – It didn't happen. So – you had the regular season game, which uh, going back was 30-29 Franklin at their place. So they barely won that. But then the section, the sectional game actually was a nine-point spread. You know, they were able to pull away in the fourth. And, you know, Corinne Brunson was the difference in both of those games. I think she was the best player on the floor. She took it over. Basically, I think Center Grove kind of sold out to take away the three-pointer. And she was able to take advantage of that by getting into the paint and making some things happen there. It'll be it's interesting tr- to see because now Franklin has multiple people that can do that because you have Brunson, you have Ashlyn Trailer, Adeline Walker to some extent. They can all yeah. get to the basket. So it's like, I mean, how much does Center Grove balance taking away the paint versus keeping an eye on Lauren Clem, Scarlett Kimbrell, and taking away that three-pointer that has, you know, fr- that's how Franklin will – you know, can just unleash an avalanche of points on you in a couple of minutes. So I think Stuckmeyer's done a good job in the first two games of balancing, taking away both. But yeah. again, it's as it's going to be hard for Franklin to beat Center Grove for a third time, but it's also pretty hard to shut down Franklin three times too. Yeah. They also are frankly just better, better suited this year to tank to cover Franklin. They have Rachel Wirtz inside, which they just did not mm-hmm. have that post presence, especially they in the did sectional. Not. They did not have a six foot three girl who could block shot and just contest things inside, like and jump up with those girls. I just they now have that. And I think it's very 
he's used her very well defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they are more suited this year to keep games close just because of that defensive style and the tools that they have now. And I think I would almost be – I think it would be a shame to not mention just Aubrey Booker and just her skill set that she brought to the playoffs last year. I think she had a 21-point or 16-point game against Franklin Central in the playoffs last year. And she was really – I mean, you could argue, argue that she was better than Mary Wilson as a freshman and that she had more of an impact on that on the court whenever she was playing. And I think if she is getting back up to that level – of play in the playoffs, you could see a very different outcome in that Franklin game. I mean, I could, again, I could, I can see a scenario where that game goes either way. Um, I don't think it's going to, it could be a blowout in Center Grove's direction, but I think it could be a blowout in Franklin's direction. Like, I don't think Center Grove has the firepower to make it like a 12 point game. I think it's going to be. If Center Grove wins, it's going to be by just a couple points. That's just, I mean, it's going to be a close game. I think both of these teams are pretty good defensively. You know, Franklin, everybody talks about their offense, but their defense has been rock solid as well. They're only giving up 39 points a game. So. You know, Center Grove is right there at 38 points a game. So I think that's kind of probably the game you're going to see again, you know, kind of a 42-41. You know, if it does, if there is a bigger spread than, say, two, three points this time, I think, like you said, it will probably it would probably be in Franklin's direction. You know, if they're able to knock down some threes early and get get some separation, I think they're good enough defensively that they can probably maintain that lead. But we'll and- see. I think kind of just going back to that Greenwood, uh, Greenwood Franklin Central side of the bracket. I think Greenwood, if Center Grove is in that final, I think they could give them more of a fit. Greenwood could, uh, and not if if somehow Center Grove manages to hop out. And I think Greenwood or Franklin Central, if they want to slow it down, I just don't know how Center Grove. I think Center Grove is a better defensive team, but I don't think it's going to be a 12 point I think it's going to be again be a very close game so no matter what I think Center Grove just throughout this sectional and throughout their playoff run is going they're going to have close games no matter what Mm -hmm. no I mean that's the kind of team they are they're just going to have to gut their way through things and you know Greenwood has won that way lately for the most part and Center Grove has won that way for years but yeah, it's going to be again it's I think it's Franklin Central I think it's Franklin sectional to lose but Mm-hmm. It's they are, as you've mentioned before, hashtag beatable. It's you know they've kind of they've kind of played with fire there in those two Center Grove games. So I mean, while they are the favorite, I, I think like like Corinne said earlier, that's they're not going to be taking anything for granted this week. Yeah, and looking past that, do we want to skim over any of the other sectionals? I do. Uh, Let's okay. do that. Yeah, because I feel like. Well, A, it would make a well, lot we've of got... people mad. If we nah, well, I think there's uh... some interesting things to discuss here. But one, um, if we shoot down to 3A, Indian Creek is hosting their sectional, and they are the defending champions there. Mm-hmm. They've got most of their key pieces back. They've been playing pretty well lately. One that they ran through their conference undefeated. And they are, on paper, going into this thing, a pretty heavy favorite. They have the yeah. benefit of being in, I would say, probably one of the weaker sectionals in 3A. Um, they get a first-round match against a Ritter team that has traditionally been their nemesis in a lot of sports. 
But Ritter is pretty well down this year. And if you look at the Sagarin spreads, I mean, there's about a 33-point difference between them this year. So, I mean, really, Indian Creek should be able to cruise through to the final where they would most likely see Speedway, um, where, again, they would be a double-digit Sagarin favorite. I don't see anybody coming within single digits of them in that sectional. So, I mean, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's Indian Creeks to lose. Um, I'm going to be down there Tuesday for that game against Ritter, but I, I don't anticipate them having any trouble. Um, you know, Faith Wiseman's been a double-double machine for them. They've got plenty of other scorers with Lauren Foster, Emily Tudor. Um, you know, plenty of other balance there. I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they do there and if they can maybe make it through that regional once they get there. Um, then they're obviously a, a much tougher test within the regional than they will face in the sectional, but I definitely think they're heavily favored this week. Yeah, and I mean, if they get out of that, if they make it to the final, I'll be super excited to cover them and see. I haven't got to see, I haven't been able to see a ton of Indian Creek just because mm-hmm. of what I cover, but I mean, they've been, they're definitely a really well spread out, kind of like Center Grove in the way that they can just, they have five or six girls who can really, really score the basket for them. So I'll definitely be excited to see what they can do and how they're. And there's some teams in that regional that could give them trouble. Chittard is about level with them. Sagarin wise, Uh, Danville is as well. Tri-West and Danville are in the same sectional. Tri-West would probably would be the highest rated team going in there, but there's not anybody that's really, out of Indian Creek's reach. And I mean, like I said, this is a team that I was kind of surprised and disappointed when I saw them at County. They um, wound up against Franklin and lost that game by 48. Um, it was close for a little bit earlier than Franklin just kind of blew the doors off of them. But I mean, Indian Creek has been rolling since then. They are 16 and two since that game. Like I said, they went through their conference 10 and 0. They've won their last six. They're kind of firing on all cylinders now, and I think they've obviously shaken that Franklin game off. Really haven't had that many close games since then. They beat Greenwood by one. Um, and with, they were without with them. Yeah. And with Wiseman kind of slowed down by an ankle thing um, in that game. So, I mean, they've really been playing well, and I'm mm-hmm. definitely curious to see how they do, not only this week, but most likely, like I said, I, I expect them to be playing next week as well. Yeah, I think they are – and I don't know, senior wise, I, I don't think they're, I don't think they have a ton of seniors. They have I'm... some, but I mean, Foster and Wiseman are kind of the two yeah. main engines there. I mean, that's a group that can be pretty good for a while. And I mean, they've got, they had another transfer come in who wasn't eligible this year. Um, yeah. That is, should be back to play her senior year for Indian Creek next year. And if that's, if that does come to fruition, I think they could be a pretty dangerous team in 3A next year. and Or even County. Yeah, even I more mean, so than they are now. I mean, Franklin is obviously going to be the favorite, and Center Grove is going to have everybody back. But Indian Creek will not be a joke, that's for sure. You think Franklin is the favorite next year in County? Yes. Hmm. I'm not 100% sold on that, but, I mean, you know. I do. I, I still – I mean, I always think – I don't think it will be a sizable margin. I, th- I always think it'll be close. Center Grove will always be able to keep it close with them, but I do think that Franklin will still be the favorite. Those sophomores are just too 
I mean, you could almost make the case for as talented as Brunson and Trailer are, you could make a case that Franklin might be better next year. Yeah. Just because of the way the pieces fit. Brunson's going to be real mad that she came in this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm not, uh, that's no shade to them. Her and Ashlyn are both, I mean, they're both Indian all-star caliber players. They obviously have the goods to make a state championship run this year, but I'm just saying there's, you could make a case. I mean, like that sophomore class was when they came in, I mean, they were dominant doing what they did. And if they can, you know, it's all, it's who's to say, we'll see, but I'm just saying, I just, I think, they have to be the favorite either until that class graduates or until someone proves that they're not. All right. So do you want to give me your sectional prediction? I'm not predicting anything. Uh, I'm just saying I'll tell, you get fav- you. I'll tell you who the favorite is, but I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and anger anybody more than I already do. Okay. And then I'll keep my mouth shut and we can move on to wrestling. All right. Well, hold uh, on. We got, cl- we still got class A here. So oh yeah. yeah true, on these. True, true. I think, we got two different situations here at the Indy Lutheran sectional um, GCA is not quite, obviously they graduated a ton of talent from last year, the team that made the semi-state the last two years, but I do think they are still a sectional favorite um, in what is probably, I mean, again, no shade to them. It's just the way the IHSA drew it up. It's probably about the softest sectional in the state. There's nobody else in it is ranked higher than 341st overall in the Sagarin ratings. Oh, wow. GCA is a 24-point favorite over any of them, Sagarin-wise. Um, any range, The spread's ranging from anywhere to 24 all the way down to 62. Um, so, yeah, I don't – again, like Indian Creek, I would be surprised if anybody gets within single digits of Greenwood Christian this week. They should move on. Uh, the other Class A sectional of local note would be in West Washington where Edinburgh – um, here's the thing with Edinburgh. They were doing kind of, you know, doing fine by, you know, by class A standards. I think they were about a 500 team, a little over 500. Then we had a three week hiatus. They lost to West Washington by four points and then they didn't play a game for three weeks. And I think it was a quarantine situation or something like that. Basically, they weren't able to play, and I think the rust kind of showed this week because they had three late makeup games within their conference. They lost all three on back-to-back days. So they're kind of coming in on a slide, and it's going to be interesting to see, can they get it back? And, you know, to go down to West Washington and play them in their place, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Edinburgh responds this week. I think it's a winnable game. I think if they get past that, their semifinal game against Shaw is winnable. And then you kind of run into Trinity Lutheran, who is the reigning champ and has a D1 player in Bailey Tabling. But I think basically it would be a moral victory for Edinburgh to make the final, just especially coming off yeah. of the circumstances that they've faced this month. They had to go through this three times last year where they had three different quarantine situations and just kind of messed their season all up. And I think it's – sucks that it's kind of playing havoc with them again but I mean that's just kind of the way things fall and I mean honestly in, in this era it's you never know what's going to happen and when it might hit you so it's uh it'll be interesting to see if they can get it back on track I think they, they like I said they have the possibility to win a game or two down there but I mean just the way the January kind of hit them it's just they're not coming in on a high like you would want to going into the postseason. Yeah, and I think so much of the 
going into sectionals and I think I'm kind of starting to see this a little bit more as I cover some more center row teams and other teams is like the confidence you want to build. And then also what do you, you want to build confidence, but you also want to play tougher opponents and kind of finding that balance. And if something you go to play three teams and you lose all three games, you're going to be shot confidence wise. And I think rust wise, experience of playing really good teams consistently so you are only playing three teams really quickly and then you're going back to when did these games happen like a, like uh, a week. thursday fr- thursday friday saturday like just this last yeah week. like so regular season. yeah so you're getting a couple days and then you're kind of going back into like i just it's a very crappy situation for that team it's all, it is like yeah it definitely sucks for them yeah so, so we'll see if they kind of can rally themselves around that and you know some some teams can you know take it and find a way to just you know you kind of dig deep and find something inside and push through but you know other times it's you know you get knocked down it's can you get back up so we'll see i think you know their path is a little bit tougher than i think gca and indian creek are have to be considered pretty heavy favorites this week and obviously like we said i think franklin is the favorite in 4a until proven otherwise but I mean, it's pretty – that wouldn't be too bad if we can get three teams from Johnson County out of the first week. That's, You'll have to give me some regional and semi-state stuff if that happens. We'll, uh, we'll get through that. We'll see, uh, <laughs> we'll see if we can bring another guest on to talk about that next week. Yeah. Among, I, the, among those who, who are still standing. Speaking of postseason stuff, though, the, uh, the wrestling postseason got underway this week. Um, this past Saturday at Mooresville, um, Indian Creek was down at Bloomington. I don't want to be, I want to don't want to be remiss in including them. Uh, they had, I think, four guys advance, including uh, one champion with Jackson Heaston. Um, he's ranked pretty highly at number six at 113 pounds. But um, obviously, our focus is kind of on Mooresville, where all the rest of our county wrestlers were. Uh, Mike Bias was there. His coverage will be in Monday's Daily Journal. And Sam, you were there on Saturday as well. Yeah. What did you kind of take out of that aside from Center Grove holding up another trophy? I was just kind of impressed with the level of Center Grove's dominance, to be honest. I don't want to sound like a Center Grove homer, but just like every single game, every single weight class they were had someone top three. And mm-hmm. all but two of them were top two. And I mean, really kind of the pinnacle of just like, how I was actually just frankly really intrigued intrigued by this because I've never been to wrestling like this where it's a tournament style, but just that 285 weight class with Jacob Johnson and then Nate Johnson. And I think that went mm-hmm. to triple overtime and it was a, I mean, the whole, everyone came down to watch this final and it was this final match and everyone was surrounding this mat. And it was basically a last second I don't even know the proper terminology, but it's scored by Jacob Johnson kind of ended it. And it was just very interesting to see that just how well Franklin did, even in like they got those last two uh, weight classes, I think 285 and then mm, 220. 220. Yeah, they got those last two. And then also just how dominant Center Grove was. Even Franklin's guys, it never really felt like they completely dominated. Center Grove and their in their 
games like i mean or matches or i don't even i'm not a wrestling genius but uh it they never really felt like that big of separation between the two teams mm-hmm. and i i was definitely very very intrigued by the level that those two teams played at yeah the intensity in wrestling is is definitely something i know um you know, I haven't been to a ton of these because we've kind of divided it. The, you know, Mike has kind of been our designated wrestling dude um, for the last couple of years. But from my experiences with this, I will say that, you know, postseason wrestling strikes me a lot like playoff hockey in the NHL where it's just the intensity just gets ratcheted up. And I mean, when you mm-hmm. get to state, those at the when you get to the field house for state, those crowds, even on Friday night for the quarterfinals, I mean, that place is packed. You know, more – I mean, the Pacers are extremely jealous of the attendance that oh. these guys get. Yeah. So wow, you went there. You went I there. Did. Okay. But, I mean, wow. they're drawing – I mean, they're drawing double what the Pacers do. I mean, these guys – they're <laughs> literally selling out the field house. Really? For, for quarterfinal wrestling. I mean, it, to the rafters, jammed. Not kidding you. It's well, just, I'll be on the court. So, or – It's – On the mats. I mean, it is just – I mean, the the atmosphere there is crazy. And really, at this stage of the game, it's kind of like track or swimming, you know, the more individual based sports where it really is all about advancement. It's how many guys can you get through to the next round and turn and obviously the goal to get as many people to state as you can, because that's how you give yourself the best chance. So, you know, Center Grove, by getting everybody through, obviously sets themselves up really well. I mean, they've been a top five team all year, so it's not really surprising. But the fact that so many of these guys did finish first or second bodes well for them getting because you got to place basically it's top four every week. If you can make mm-hmm. it to the semifinals of your weight class, you're moving on. So getting through those quarterfinal matches to get you know what they call the ticket round to get your punch your ticket to the next round, make it to the semifinals. If you make top four, you're in. I think that bodes really well because. The sectional is one thing. The regional is when it gets a little bit tougher because then you have, you know, Brownsburg comes in, Avon comes mm-hmm. in. There's a little bit tougher competition. But the fact that they – Avon really did get... not give Center Grove any trouble. Just a, like yeah. whenever they played in the regular season match, they gave Center Grove basically no trouble. But Brownsburg and, definitely – And neither did Carmel. Carmel's been a top-10 team as well. And, I mean, Center Grove dominated them in their duel. So, I mean, yeah, I think, I think these guys are really well-suited. We talked about this earlier when we said – you know, which winter team is best suited to make a championship run state-wise. And I think it's Center Grove Wrestling still. Mm-hmm. I would – I would – I was even – I know this isn't a terrific sectional. It's not a Hamilton County sectional where it's everyone's mm-hmm. top ten. But, you know – No, but Franklin's I, a good team. Franklin, and You've yeah. got – I mean, Franklin's got eight guys going through the regionals. And you've got some other – I mean, Whiteland – has some guys. Joey Butler made it to state last year and, and got on the podium. And, you know, they had two weight class champions this week, Sam Allen at 195 and Keegan Grandinetti at 138. Those guys both won weight classes. And uh, Joey Butler, who was third in a pretty – or, yeah, pretty loaded um, 126 class, didn't even make the final, but he was a state medalist last year. So, I mean, I think 126 and 220 are kind of the weight classes I'm curious about for regionals because those are going to be pretty hotly contested. And, you know, 220 is a similar situation where Jakari Oliver from Whiteland, who's really good. I'm trying to remember how he went pretty deep in the postseason last year, but he was third at 220. Uh, Royce Deckard from Center Grove was second. Um, He was the county champion, I believe. 
And then Nolan Skaggs um, from Franklin, like you said, won at 220. Franklin got those two heavyweight classes. And then most of the rest of them were center Grove. I mean, going back through yeah. the, the results here, you got at 106, Charlie LaRocca. La uh, he was pretty dominant, and his, he won his final in 26 seconds. Um, yeah. You had uh, Reese Courtney at 120, winning by fall. Uh, Michael Tharp at 126. Watson. Um, 145. Watson. Yeah. Hayden Watson. He got he got a fall within the first minute. You got so. Wyatt Kreja at um, 132 was a winner. Uh, Watson, yeah, one minute pin at 145. Andre Merritt winning at 152. Uh, Noah Clouser at 170. Drake Buchanan, who's ranked number one in the state and undefeated, uh, with a little over a minute pin in the final. Um. And yeah, I mean, all like you said, all fourteen guys moving on. So, I think when you have that kind of depth, plus two guys with Buchanan and Watson who are expected to be going deep and you know getting to a state championship match and potentially winning it, I think they're set up to score big points later on in these you know big season meets. And just it'll be interesting to see how many of these guys that finish second, third this week for center Grove can do that again next week and then get through Evansville and get to state. I mean, if they can bring eight, nine guys to the state finals, I think they're positioned really well to make a run at that title. I know crown point is probably the favorite. They're ranked first in the state. I think they're 10th in the country, but you know, I think, you know, coach Swain had told Mike that basically, and I think he's probably told you the same. Yeah that basically any of those top five or so teams, it's really going to be just about who's on that day. Cause all of them have, they're all going to bring eight, nine, 10 guys to the state finals and any of the top five guys in a, in a given weight class have the ability to knock anybody off. So it's just who's on that day and who's going to rack up the most points over the weekend. But I think yes. center Grove really acquitted themselves well and kind of, made a good first step toward that this weekend yeah and I think honestly they don't it's not the same with swimming where it's like center grove or franklin kind of value those sectional titles like they like in wrestling it is they do not care like in the sectional I know they kind of expected to win that this Mm -hmm. year but I don't think that they necessarily are caring about the sectional regional semi-state they care about getting as much first put much as many guys as possible to state and getting as many guys to place at state as possible and i think they are set up very well to do that with drake and uh hayden and i think past mm-hmm. that they just have like you said the depth all of all of those matches really i mean none of them center grove or got really blown away and i don't i mean mm-hmm. if i'm looking back through i don't think that any of them, Center Grove just was like, just dominated. I think yeah. that's if I'm. Uh, they, yeah. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the state rankings, um, Brownsburg is two, Center Grove is three. They went head to head in a duel. Brownsburg won that match forty to twenty one. So I mean, Brownsburg is probably the favorite to win the regional, but like you said, it's all about getting guys through and. Mm-hmm. Even the guys, even the matches that Center Grove won't win against Brownsburg guys, like say if they, instead of getting eight individual champions next weekend, they get five. But if all those guys get through again, all you got, again, all you got to do is finish top four. So losing in a final, it's whatever. I can still lose the final to somebody from Brownsburg. 
there's still a pretty good chance that both of us are going to go to state. Yeah. So I don't, like you said, I don't think they're going to sweat the, the nickel dime stuff too much as far as, okay, did Brownsburg beat us this week? Did such and such win or lose his final? It's, I mean, that stuff's cool. Obviously you want to win, but the end result is again, survive in advance. And really it is just about getting to that top four and center Grove should be positioned pretty well to get, if not all those guys through again, you know, probably at least 11 or 12 of them I would expect to get through to semi-state. And that it's a, it's a brutal semi-state. I think the Evansville one has traditionally been, you know, cause Evansville modern day is ranked fifth, you know, so that's three top five teams all going to the same semi-state Columbus yeah. East is ninth. They go down there. So, you know, you're going to be dealing with some brutal competition there. Franklin is ranked 14th in the state. They'll be there. So you're dealing – Floyd Central, I think, is down there as well. They're a top 20 team. So you're looking at a pretty stacked semi-state. That's going to be where the cream gets separated, and that's what that's going to be where it's really going to be hard for Center Grove and Franklin to push through and get those top four finishes but, you know, they should be able to take care of business this week. I think that you'll see most of the guys that got through that section will get through the regionals as well. Yeah, and like I said, like, they didn't even celebrate with a trophy. Like, they mm-hmm. were, they did not. It was like they had just won. I'm trying to think of a team. that It was like, frankly, I mean, I can't even compare it to Center Grove winning their sectional in football. Like, they, they at least literally celebrated with the trophy. Like, these guys they did not care whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I think they are kind of locked into that. Okay. We don't care about sectional. We don't care about regional. We don't care about semi-state. We are just going to try and win a state title. And we're going to try and win as many, get as many guys there. And we're going to try and get as many first place finishes there. And I mean, I kind of like that mindset. I think that's like, I don't think anyone really remembers the 2020 team that won the semi-state, but then lost in the state. Like, I think that is the mindset to have, and I'm very interested to see how that will shape out in the next coming weeks. Mm-hmm. But no, definitely, they've definitely put a good first step forward, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how that all goes here in the next uh, couple weeks. But uh, certainly, some guys to keep an eye on. Um, that was one sectional that got started last weekend. This weekend, we've got another one with uh, girls swimming and diving coming up. Uh, Center Grove hosting this thing for the first time in, I think, since 2005, I believe. It's was uh, it was theirs for through 2005, and then Indian Creek hosted for a few years, and then once Franklin's new pool was built, they've hosted I think the last at least dozen or so years. But now Center Grove, obviously, with a brand spanking new facility that I spent way too much time at this past week, this weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And will again next Saturday because we've got what should shape up to be a pretty interesting sectional uh, on the girls' side. Yeah, I think these two teams are very, very close. I don't think there is a clear 20-point favorite like there would be with Carmel Swimming. Or I mean, they're in a, like you say, every single time I bring up Carmel Swimming, I just like to use them because they're hyperbolic, really, anytime you use them in swimming. Uh, but like they are, I don't think there is a clear favorite here, um, except for Mia and diving. That's really the only clear favorite in my eyes. I mean, if you're looking at if you're looking at individual, nah, I, I, that was me also being hyperbolic. Like I don't, I 
don't think there is – I think they these two teams are very, very close, and it's going to definitely be interesting to see how that shapes up. You know a lot more about – so if you want to go event by event, who who you, who you kind of goes in as a favorite, we can do that, or however you want to go with this. Okay, well, here's my take on things. Obviously, I'm fairly familiar with both of these teams. I've seen plenty of them, um, and – We've, and we've seen Franklin won the dual meet between these two. The duels really don't tell you a lot. I think that there's, you know, especially during the regular season, that a lot of these teams are not taking dual meets seriously. Um, it was very they, close, though. Yeah, it was uh, 99-88 in favor of Franklin. And then you turn around at County, and Center Grove wins for the first time in about five or six years. Um, they won that by thir- about, that was pretty significant. It was 30, 40 points. I don't have the exact margin in front of me, but, um, you know, Center Grove won that fairly convincingly. And let's see, it was, uh, that was a 35 point win for Center Grove. So, I mean, enough that there was a little bit of separation there. Uh, I do think this will be much closer. I think the thing with these two teams, they're very different from one another in the sense that Center Grove does not have too many lights out individuals in the sense of like elite I'm gonna definitely get a state medal I think you know Laura Phipps has got there last year as a freshman and probably will again but Center Grove is gonna beat you with depth they have just a deep deep team they're probably gonna put three girls into just about every event final and that's where they're gonna hang their hat on whereas Franklin is very top heavy. You have two girls with Allie Lacey and Lily Ratzlaff who will be heavy favorites in their individual events. They're probably both going to get double podium finishes at the state level. Uh, You have another girl with Paige Lawrence who scored in both of her events at state last year. And then there's a pretty significant drop off where, I mean, you could see a case where Franklin only winds up bringing like four or five girls to the state meet and they still finish in the top 10. Like, that's how top-heavy mm-hmm. they are. So they need – I know the focus from Franklin this week is basically going to be on getting those second-tier swimmers to maximize their output. How many of those girls can get up into the top eight during the prelims and guarantee themselves top eight points in the sectional finals? Because that is where Franklin needs to try to at least somewhat keep pace with Center Grove. They're going to win most of the individual events – but Center Grove is going to counter those first place finishes with, say, okay, Lily Ratzlaff wins the event, but Center Grove finishes third, fourth, and sixth. Mm-hmm. And if Franklin can get their second and third girls to finish, say, seventh and eighth, then it kind of it, it works out, and Franklin probably has a slight advantage. If those second and third girls finish, like, ninth and twelfth, Center Grove is going to be in a position to do what they did at County. The problem in the sectional for Center Grove is that you're bringing more teams into the equation. Instead of having five teams in the meet, Mm -hmm. you're going to have 11. And so that depth matters a little bit less. And those individual stars matter a little bit more, not as much as they do at state, but Mm -hmm. it, it does swing things a little bit more in Franklin's favor, which is why I think this meet will be close. But I think from talking to both sides this past week or so, there's definitely a sense that this meet is going to come down to the wire. 
We saw it two years ago with the boys where it literally came down to the last race. They were tied going into the 400 freestyle relay and Franklin was able to win. I think you're going to see a similar type of thing where it could potentially come down to that last event. And yeah, just, I do think that Franklin will win most individual events. I think you could see a situation where aside from diving with Mia Prosecchi, probably one relay, depending on how they're stacked. I think Franklin will probably be favored in two relays. It's just a matter of which two they stack up and can center Grove win the other one. And then I think maybe the butterfly um, would be probably about the only other individual event, maybe the breaststroke where center Grove could potentially get first place individually. You know, Laura Phipps was the winner in the, in the butterfly at County. I think she, if she's in that, I haven't seen a psych sheet yet, but she's uh, probably the favorite there. But otherwise I think individually Franklin is probably favored in most of the other events. But again, are there second and third girls going to pick up enough points to keep pace with center Grove second and third girls? Yeah, Center Grove basically needs, like, what happened in all respect to Greenwood. What they did is Greenwood just won the 500 straight out, and I think first and second and county, and they basically need stuff like that to not happen. They they can't have Greenwood or any of these other schools who have individual performances muck up. Basically, they don't want them to get the third place. They need that third, fourth, fifth. Mm-hmm. They, need to, they need to have some – of their depth girls have some really, really good swims and mm-hmm. they need Franklin's depth to have really bad swims. Like it's yeah. all about kind of, I think it's going to come down to depth. I think, you know, your stars are going to do what your stars do. That's typically why they're mm-hmm. stars is because they swim at the highest level at the highest. Mm-hmm. And in swimming, that gap is more pronounced. I think the elite yeah. girls really do separate themselves and there's even levels within the elite. It's like you have girls yeah. that will dominate, at a sectional level and okay, I'm top five in the state, but then I get to state. And even if I'm top five, like maybe my ceiling is third, but those first and second girls are just leagues ahead of me. I can't win. It's just the stratification within swimming is really interesting to me. I mean, I remember three years ago when uh, Franklin was kind of Franklin's girls were at the height of their powers. I think the first year they finished, you know, the year they finished as a state runner-up, when uh, Carla Gildersleeve was a senior, she's um, and she went on to swim at IU for a couple of years. She just had to retire because of an injury. But um, she was, by all accounts, probably the maybe the third best swimmer in the state that year and had almost no chance to win either of her individual events because she was going up against girls who were probably going to be swimming in the Olympics in 2024. It's just there's levels to it. It's yeah. you know, okay. I dominated the sectional. I'm I'm an elite national level swimmer, but I'm stuck in the same events with Kelly Pash from Carmel, who is just a machine. And it's just kind of one of those things. I think that's what you'll run into this year with Ratslaff and Lacey. I think they're both, and we'll talk more about the state meet when we get to it, but. You know, they're the, it's okay. They're going to finish in the top eight, probably in both of their events. They could finish, you know, third, fourth, fifth. I don't know. But those one spots are going to be, t- it's like you kind of almost already know looking at the, the heat sheet. Like once you see a certain name, it's like, oh, she's in this race. Okay. I can't win. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, you have girls that won state championships last year who it's, they look ahead and see like, Oh, this freshman came in. I'm going to have to switch events or I'm not going to win this year. That's just, there's always somebody bigger and badder. So I don't know, but, but from a sectional level, like I said, I think Franklin has the two best swimmers going in. That's four individual event wins right there. I think Paige Lawrence is probably the favorite in the 500, even though she didn't win at County. So that right there is five individual events for Franklin. I think they're probably favored in two relays, but if they can't get those points from those second and third swimmers, and I know Mm -hmm. from talking to Kirsten Smith at Center Grove this past week, she had said that was kind of an emphasis for them, even in middle school, she said that, you know, basically their confidence, a lot of their confidence comes from knowing that, okay, our second and third swimmers are going to be better than the other team's second and third swimmers. And in some case, better than their first best swimmers, but they definitely bank on and take pride in, having that depth like all right and, and it takes some of the pressure i think off of those top girls that uh-huh. you know i don't have to win my race i don't have to if i'm center grove's best girl in the in the im i don't have to beat Allie lacy because the girl behind me is going to beat the second franklin girl the girl behind her is going to beat the third franklin girl and that's where we're going to make up the difference so I think that's kind of Center Grove's mindset coming in. It's really it's just top heavy versus depth, and it's going to be really interesting to see because I could see, depending on how that depth shakes out, this thing could go either way. And I think yeah, it seems to kind of brace themselves for that that this is going to go down to the wire. Neither one of them is expecting to win. They just they're they're all in. Yeah, and I think Center Grove has the slight mindset advantage because the way these two teams value, at least it's been explained to me, value, Center Grove values their sectionals and their counties and their and their conferences. I mean, obviously, they're going to always have a hard time beating Carmel, but, you know, they value those higher than Franklin does, I think. I think that's fair to say. And I think when it comes down to it, like, they also value the winning the sectional more. And so I think if mindset wise, like if Center Grove's girls, you know, their third best swimmer, their fourth best swimmer, their fifth best swimmer, all care more about winning that sectional. I think they're going to put forth a higher level of performance. If that, because just the mindset difference is, okay, we only really want to do really well here because we know we can't win. We, we know we can't win these events, but we know if we can, our third, fourth, fifth, sixth girls can score really well here, then they can make a impact on something that they actually have a chance in yeah. as compared to something where they know they have no chance in state. I mean, I will, say, I will say this, that, um, you know, Franklin, you know, talks about, a lot about, you know, coach Zach DeWitt, who shout out to him. He's expecting his first child this week. Um, and I, th- I know he's hoping that it doesn't happen during the section. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, that would... because, because he will leave. Um, but, and that could add a little bit more drama to this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, he talks, he's always talked a lot in the past about just having a finite amount of what he calls emotional dollars to spend. And, you know, okay, do you put those dollars towards county? Do you put them towards sectional? Franklin, traditionally, the last four or five years when they've been here at the height of their powers, they've been putting 
you know, 90 plus percent of their emotional dollars towards state. Like that's mm-hmm. been it. And they haven't had to spend them at sectional, especially the girls side. I mean, you look, Franklin has won the last six years and they haven't been close at the average margin at sectional the last six years. As I looked this up for my preview this week, uh, 152 and a half points. Oh, wow. And last year when Franklin won by 74, that's the only one of those that wasn't decided by triple digits. So this has not been something they haven't had to worry about it. Their girls, their top girls wouldn't suit during the sectional. They would not, even have most of their top girls would sit out the relays at sectionals because they didn't need to they it's everything was put towards state and they could afford to do that because the sectional wasn't really in doubt this year the mindset over there is different um you know talking to Allie Lacey and some of the other people over there in the last couple weeks I know they are definitely investing more I think in the sectional this year than they have in the past few years because Mm -hmm. they know they have to It's not one of these things the last like five, six years where they just show up and win. It's going to be close. They know that. And I think they're ready for it. I think Ratzlaff and Lacey can probably get away with not being full go yet in their individual events. They're going to hold another gear back for state, but I mean, on relays, they're going to be all in. It's going to be all hands on deck and they need, to be wired in this week it can't just be oh let's worry about state they need to worry about this week because it's not the given that it used to be i mean center grove is right there and i think like you said i mean both these teams are pretty keyed up about this week and you know i know center grove wants to get that trophy back they had was it 26 27 sectional titles in a row before franklin started this run how many does Franklin have in a row? Just out of curiosity. Franklin's girl, girls have won six in a row. The boys have won nine in a row. And, and most of those haven't been close either, except with the exception of the last two years. You know, like I said, two years ago came down to the last relay. Last year was pretty close. But, you know, Franklin before that had a run of, you know, on the boys' side too, where it was pretty, a pretty significant spread. And, you know, Center Grove has closed that gap on both sides the last couple of years. And I, I, there's definitely a sense there on their side that, okay, this is – it's our turn. We're going to get this back now. You know, they've got a little bit of a mental edge, you know, especially for the girls, I think, being able to swim it in their home pool. You know, this brand spanking new, gorgeous $20 million facility. And, you know, to not have to go into Franklin's place where the atmosphere is just bonkers. I think Center Grove is def. If they're going to get it done, it's going to happen this year. This has to be the year, especially on the girls' side, that Center Grove needs to get it done because I know Franklin has significant reinforcements coming in next winter on the girls' side. And so if Center Grove is going to win a sectional title, that needs to, they need to get it done now. Yeah. I think, I think it's just a mindset difference, really. Is like, I, I do love the term emotional dollars. That's that's quite terrific. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it only really applies to sports. Like, I, I just think that's great. I just love that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, and I think I, you could see that same thing. I mean, like we talked about Center Grove with wrestling. I mean, I don't think they spent any emotional dollars at sectionals. They probably won't, they won't spend very much at regionals. It's going to yeah. be, you know, a little bit more at semi-state because, again, there's going to be a little bit more with that many top teams there. It's going to be difficult to get as many people through. 
But I think this year with swimming, you have to spend a little bit more at sectional because one, not only are those top two team, not only are those top two team spots very much up for grabs, but it's a competitive county. I mean, Greenwood has plenty of kids that are capable of making it state boys and girls. Um, this is a fast sectional. I think outside of Hamilton County, this is probably the fastest sectional in the state. At least it has been mm-hmm. the last few years. And so, you know, Jim Todd alluded to that this week where it's just you can't not focus on sectionals anymore because Johnson County has gotten so fast that if you slip up, you know, somebody from Greenwood is going to be there to pass you. Somebody from Franklin mm-hmm. is going to be there to pass you. And so this is the first time in a little while where I feel like both those teams and, you know, obviously everybody chasing them, the Greenwoods and Southports and whatnot, they're always going to be dialed in. And so I think this is the first year in a little while where you're going to see Franklin really have to be dialed in and spending those dollars at the sectional level. You know, certainly their, their second tier swimmers are going to have to do that because they're going to be the difference in this meet. If, if, and we'll have a pretty good idea after Thursday's preliminaries too. It's like if Franklin, it, if you, we're going to see how many kids Franklin gets through to the top eight as opposed to those consolation finals because if you can make the top eight, then those points are locked in. Once you get a top eight at prelims, it's like, all right, eighth is the worst I can do. And so Franklin needs those top eight swims on Thursday to give themselves a chance on Saturday. Yeah, I think Franklin has the star power and Center mm-hmm. Grove has the depth. Diving. I'm just going to keep on saying diving because just Mia just dominates everything. She just well, keeps Mia on breaking, think, keeps on breaking records. Say, I mean, she, is the, she was the state runner-up last year. I think she has to go in as a state favorite this year. But, yeah. this, I mean, we're, we're in the – we're at the – really in the middle of a golden age of – Johnson County diving here too, and I think you know, kind of, Johnson no, County listen, no, listen <laughs> this is we have Mia is not the only one here. We have three sophomores, all of whom scored at state last year as freshmen in the top sixteen, top fourteen, and they're all back. I mean, you know, Mia is the class of of the bunch, but I mean, Cami Quiggins from Franklin and Ella Taylor from Indian Creek both, like I said, scored at state last year. They're both back on their on their game this year. I mean, we're looking at a situation where we could have three Johnson County girls on the state podium in the next three, each of the next three years, which is pretty. Yeah. I think it's, I think golden age is fair there, buddy. Okay. <laughs> let me finish. Is... Let me finish my point. So city Rose has depth on court advantage diving. And I think they, they could, you know, you alluded to DeWitt. If that mm-hmm. happens, I think there that does have some confidence issues in Franklin, and or will have some effect on Franklin. I think that maybe, could go maybe, either way. Though. Maybe maybe think... it could go as like the way gives us awesome. Like I gotta leave, but you're gonna win this for me. Like I think that could happen, but I do think you know. I mean, there's definitely. Uh, I think there would definitely be. I think it would probably work in Franklin's favor, to be honest. Because really? yes, I think there's so much. By and I think just and I think you saw it. They the team, the school held a, a baby shower for for DeWitt and his wife um, last month, and or was it? Yeah, it was well a few weeks ago. I don't know which month it was in, but anyway, 
the turnout for that, I mean, just not only the whole current team, but I mean, a ton of former swimmers and other people from the school. I mean, there's just such a devotion amongst these folks. I mean, his, I mean, his current coaching staff has, you know, going down to age group and whatnot within the, within the club. I mean, he's got three of his former high school swimmers coaching four of his high school, former high school swimmers coaching for him now. So, I mean, there is definitely a, there's a, there's an emotional buy in there that there's, you know, I'm, I know a lot of teams talk about having a family like atmosphere and, but I mean, having seen that up close that there definitely is that. And I think that there is that, I think it's an emotional lift for Franklin if that happens during the meet. And I mean, I know, I, I know I'm hoping, I know he's hoping it doesn't happen during, he's probably hoping for a nice clean, like say either Tuesday or just wait until the meet's over. But um if it does happen, I don't think it's going to be something that like shakes them or throws them off. I think they're solid enough emotionally that if anything, it's going to play in their favor, but we'll see. Hopefully um, for, for the family's sake, it's not going to be a case of having to choose one or the other. I know there was a situation many years ago where Phil Mickelson's wife was due on right around the end of the U S open and Mickelson was leading and he was asked, you know, what would you do if you're on the back nine on Sunday with the lead in the U.S. Open? And I think this was back when Mickelson had not won a major yet. But they said, you know, what will you do if you're leading and your wife goes into labor? He's like, I'm out. I'll walk away. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, DeWitt has said the same thing. If they're in the middle of the sectional meet and he gets the call, he's gone. And everybody there knows it. They're aware of it they're aware of the situation so i don't think it would be the like oh crap our coach is leaving what are we going to do situation i think if anything it's going to have the opposite effect but i mean i hope for their sake it doesn't come into play it would certainly add to the drama but you know hopefully it's just the meat goes off without a hitch and then you know the the birth happens on sunday or monday but either way, wishing the best uh, for the DeWitts and as they get ready to welcome their first child into the world. And, you know, it's kind of crazy that for someone as competitive as, as he is, that the sectional is not the most important thing on his mind this week. But that's obviously it is important. But, you know, there's certain things in life that matter a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, we always like to act like sports are the – and I'll be all, but really, they're, you mean they're, they're not? Uh, hey, we both. Hey, I make a living off of it now, so I can say that we both make a <laughs> we mo- both make a living off of talking about sports and writing about sports. So I think you know we would be the people to be like, ah, sport. But no, it doesn't. Like it doesn't matter. Like in the grand scheme of things, I don't think. I think you got to have your priorities straight and. I think for sure that, that certainly think, is. <laughs> and I think anybody would be crazy to suggest otherwise that, you know, oh, if your priorities aren't with your team, then you're not in the right place. Like, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're going to have a million set, you know, he's going to have several more sectional meets. Your, your first child only comes once. And I mean, yep. I can tell you from experience that that is a, you know, surreal moment that you will never experience again. And I mean, you can't miss it. So yeah, hopefully it doesn't interfere. But if it does, I would completely, I completely understand him being willing to walk away from that. So, 
but I will not be walking away from it. I'll be there on Saturday and uh, looking forward to what should be a very competitive meet regardless. Yeah, and I think I'll probably either be there or at the regionals for wrestling. So mm-hmm. no matter where, I think we could, you know, we'll be back next week talking about, is there anything else you want to touch on? or? I mean, I, mean, there's, I think we've kind of hit on yeah. most of the major stuff that's happened and is going to happen this week. I mean, there's there's definitely not going to be any shortage of stuff for us to talk about after this week. There's for definitely sure. a lot going on, whatever your bag is, whether it's basketball, swimming, wrestling, all of the above. There's going to be a lot happening, and we will come back and soak it all up on the back half of next weekend, most likely, and hopefully with another guest. We, uh, we're thankful again for Corinne Brunson joining us tonight, and we'll uh, be back at it with another episode of The Unbeatables coming up your way after some more stuff happens. Yep. So, all right. For Sam Finley, right. I am Ryan O'Leary, and we'll, uh, we'll get with you guys soon.